You know, I think it's that time. What? Oh, where I do my funny intro? Uh, let's do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Get your whole body into it like you always do. All right, all right. Oh, you guys can't see this. Uh, I wish you could. Maybe but we need video. Do we need video? Uh, do people yeah, want to see my, us? My, my videographer is like, we really, like, next time with you, we have to do video because I really, really want to film it. Uh, I think I think we should. <laughs> like, I, I can't. Like, I don't know how. I don't, I don't know if we should do I don't do have a camera. I don't either. We got to get a picture this time, though. And I was thinking, if even if I like tried to record on my phone, <laughs> like we have these headsets on, so I don't think you could hear the audio on the phone. You know what I mean? No, you'd just hear our voices, which would not be nearly loud enough. No, it wouldn't. So we don't have a good solution we, we right need, now. For we need video. Ryder for that. We'll we just need. get a picture this time. Let's go, Ryder. Yeah. So you get you guys. Oh, are we doing that? Intro, before? intro. Let's go. But we are recording. Oh yeah, we're recording. Oh, okay, we've been doing that for a while. I'm sure. Uh, okay, my record. I wish you guys could see my whole body get into this, but here we go. Oh, stretch. Da, 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 da. The Freestyle Boys with Rob Nunnery and Ben Johns. Here we are, everybody. We are back. We're excited. We're just ready to be in our natural flow state. Uh, how are you doing, Robert? It, you know, whenever we record a podcast, we're always just flowing. So I feel uh, I get energized when we have these headsets it, on. It just feels right. Like my energy comes back. I get. I, I feel recovery. I feel rejuvenated. It just feels right. And you know what we always say, guys? If it feels right, you got to do it. You got to do it. And you know what doesn't feel right? Tell me. Uh, mo- like most everything going on with my body right now. <laughs> <laughs> my, general bod- my general body function is not working out so well because, um, you know, we we had a night last night. With, uh, <laughs> we did with, with, We had a night last night with Ryan Cherry. And that always that always makes my body not feel so good the next day. But here we are. Share bear. And when I put the headset on, it uh, I feel better. So here we are. I feel a lot better too, Robert. All right, we got a lot in store for you guys today. Um, as always, we'll start with our latest news and events in pickleball. Our most recent news is that we went on a party bus with Ryan Cherry <laughs> last night. We also ended up at a sky bar. Um, big crew. Ryan Cherry is always fun. He's uh what I say is it's a going out once a year thing with Ryan Sherry. You have you have to have a, a one time yearly allowance because if you go over that, you might just uh, become more like Ryan Sherry. And I, I, I think we're over our allowance. By we, the way. we are. <laughs> we're already at two this year. We're over our allowance. <laughs> too much. Too much. Sorry, Di- Bear. dial it back. Share Bear, sorry, we love you, but it's just a lot. <laughs> it's just a lot. It's intense. But I love it. Um, okay. First thing on everybody's mind, Nationals vaccine. Ooh. It's a touchy one. It is a very touchy one. And, you know, I make this very simple because it's not about vaccinations or not because everyone just goes back and forth on that forever. And you're like, you're an idiot for not getting yeah. it. Winner, you're an idiot. You put this in your body. You're like, well, I, I just don't care <laughs> about your opinion on that. It's sure. irrelevant. Sure. Uh, what it really comes down to is uh, Indian Wells is a private facility, and they can demand I do 10 jumping jacks to get into the facility if they want to. Sure it can. is entirely up to them. And, you know, what we got to realize about this, I think, to kind of take it with a grain of salt is that – or not take it with a grain of salt, just kind of be appreciative for what we have. You know, we did get Indian Wells as a wonderful facility for Nationals the last couple of years, and that was like a big movement in the sport, right? That was awesome. Um, but we do have to realize, hey, it's a private facility and they can mandate what they want. So when they put this into play and it's like pickleball is not a very big deal for them. You know, tennis is obviously their main thing. So obviously they don't care very much about pickleball. And while that is unfortunate for us, uh, I think it's important to remember, hey, like, hey, at least we have that facility. Uh, and it's, it's a lot better than nothing. And while a lot of people don't agree with the mandate, I personally never like mandates of like that of any kind. You know, I, I'd prefer to have freedom of choice. I understand where they're coming from, where they're just like, hey, we'd rather have zero liability about any of these issues. And the easiest way for us to do that is a blanket sweep. And we can do a blanket sweep simply because this event does not mean that much to us. Yeah. Right. And never having been to nationals, like you say, the venues, the venues, great. The events, great. Mm-hmm. What would you compare it to for somebody that hasn't been? As in, like another pickleball tournament? Yeah. Can you? Kinda. Uh, stadium court atmosphere, I'd say, is like an envision a San Clemente or an Atlanta Championship court, except it's just one court and a slightly bigger size and more of a tennis atmosphere. Sure. Uh, so that's what stadium court feels like without a doubt, the best stadium court pickleball has, uh, I mean, it's the grandstand of Indian Wells. So it's, it's large, I think. And it's pretty tight to the court. 
Um, or no? It's close. It's close enough. Okay. Uh, definitely, what I would say is like an ideal size for a, a pickleball stadium court because yeah. you're close where you can see the action, but you're not too close. Um, I think last year it was like 2,000 people spectating the final yeah. live like yeah. there, which was a great atmosphere. And the whole grandstand wasn't filled. It was filled on one side, not the other. So I think maybe the full capacity of that thing is like double that. Got it. Um, so and then Nationals as like a facility outside the championship court, individually fenced courts, plenty of room, brand new fresh courts every time, nice colors, um, nice player area, like everything that we kind of go over as stipulations for what is a good tournament for pros and for amateurs, uh, even parking for the pros. You know how we feel about that. Uh, <laughs> if you listen to the US Open episode. But yeah, ev everything that they should be doing for pros, they absolutely do. And, you know, maybe some of that is from tennis and Indian Wells. They, they understand, like, it's not the same thing. Like, I mean, pickleball pros are different from tennis pros, but they try to make it a good experience sure. for the pros. And I think they try to do the same for the amateurs. So I'd say definitely my favorite facility, my favorite tournament overall. Uh, really, my only thing about it, and you can't help this, is it's super spread out. Like, it takes a long time to get from one side to the other. So kind of like U.S. Open, then. Uh, that's pretty spread yeah, out. Yeah. But this is more so? Uh, I would say more spread out, yeah. Wow. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, that's not even, like, a gripe. That's cool. Like, it's a big facility. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean... What it all comes back to is, yeah, this is unfortunate for a lot of us, but uh, you just got to bear in mind that it's uh, a wonderful, f wonderful facility for us overall, and um, you know we're fortunate to have it and take the the good with the bad. You do have to wonder uh, if if some pros will will be sitting it out. Yeah, I I think there will definitely be not a majority or anything, but a decent amount of pros that'll sit it out, um, and not even I wouldn't say to like make a stand necessarily yeah. or like boycott or anything like that because i think everyone realizes with the how big the facility is it's not like that's really going to do anything right but i i think they would prefer to sit out over um getting vaccinated yeah. yeah i mean and I, I get it like from one view i'm not going to get into vaccinations too much obviously but a lot of pros are young healthy and they don't really have a worry about that so they're just like hey if you're worried about getting sick, you get vaccinated, but I, I'm not worried about that, so I'm not going to get vaccinated. And like, like, for instance, we were sick with COVID in January or whatever. Right. So obviously that is, according to the information I know, you know, as much protection or more than a vaccination. Um, but yeah, I guess that's our general stance on the vaccinations. Uh, well, not vaccinations, the, the policy Indian Wells has in play. Unfortunate for a lot of people, but, um, you know, take it for what it is private facility they can do what they want that's right you got to respect privacy masters celebrity pro-am ppa oh baby this is gonna be fun uh well we got randall you know you just listen to randall most likely and randall is back he's basically organizing the uh celebrities that are going to be in this pro-am so this is taking place in november uh, La Quinta, I mean, is already a great, like, celebrity place, I think. Uh, I've been there once. I know Will Ferrell plays there a good amount. Uh, Tracy Austin, French Open, French Open champion, holds some stuff there occasionally, and just other celebrities. So I think it'll be fairly easy to get celebrities to come there, pretty close to L.A. Uh, and obviously Randall is heading this up because he knows the people in Pickleball that are celebrities in play. Uh, so I'm really excited for it. I think uh, Emil Hirsch is already confirmed for that. Yep. That's the first one I heard. Um, so if that's the um, stock of celebrity we can expect, this is going to be a great time. I uh, don't know too much about it other than that. I do know we're going to be playing in all whites, which I think is kind of a cool first thing. I like it. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, like it. I mean, it's different. It's cool. Yeah. anything. I think anything uh, tournaments can do like that, just unique stuff, mm -hmm. is, is just fun for the players. Makes it, makes it stand out more. Makes it, it kind of special. I'm sure you know, a lot of people didn't never have liked Wimbledon all whites, notably Andre Agassi at one time. Totally. Wouldn't play because of it. But... Uh, I think it's cool just because it stands out and it gives it not necessarily prestige, but just something different. A little prestige. A little. It's a little yeah. Wimbledon feel. It's like I feel, I feel a little more official right now. I'm wearing all white. Like, gosh, I'm wearing all white right now. You are. Uh, it feels good. <laughs> Can't wear the feel socks. Feel fresh. No. <laughs> Can't wear the socks. No. <laughs> uh, you feel fresh. You feel clean. Just don't get it dirty. I was yeah. just thinking about that. I only have a handful of white shirts. I'm going to have to get a lot You're, more. Yeah, we're going to have to stock up. That's, that's what Declan was saying, too. He's like, so for all the people that go through, like, you know, seven tournament shirts in a day, we're going to need so much that's white. That, that's the first match for Ryan Cherry. He goes through seven shirts in a match. That's that's an hour on a part of it, party bus for Cherry. <laughs> seven shirt changes. So, yeah, that'll be fun. I didn't actually know that tournament was happening. Um, 
I didn't have it on my calendar for whatever reason. Maybe I had an outdated PPA schedule, but mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool. Got to scramble for partners. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it's right after Major League Pickleball, which kind of flows right into each other, which is nice. Mm-hmm. On that, Major League Pickleball, we're allowed to talk about it now. We mentioned it a little Did you like before. that segue? How I just kind of dropped Major League Pickleball? Like, it was perfect, wasn't it? <sighs> you just, when are you not? When are you not, Robert? You just have perfect flow. Call uh, it what it is. What a seamless transition. <laughs> um, so, Major League Pickleball... Uh, yeah, we mentioned it kind of before, like associated with Steve Kuhn, something coming soon. Steve couldn't talk too much about it, but now we are at liberty to discuss a little more about it. Uh, so it's going to be eight teams of four, and um, they're going to have owners, basically. So did you know what other kind of sports do this? I mean, I guess most sports that have teams have Yeah, you can owners. look at it as, uh, yeah, basically the owner of a team. They're buying in to the league, essentially, and... Having ownership of a team means you have equity in the league. And, you know, so they're going off a, they're basically making an assumption on the league's valuation mm-hmm. at a certain buy-in. And hopefully this thing takes off and it, you know, the valuation of the league goes up and, you know, everybody makes money. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. So that's where the concept of the owner comes, yeah. comes in play. So I guess there are eight teams of four players. Uh, the owners will be drafting their players, which I think is going to be really fun. Everyone loves drafts. Everyone talks about drafts. Um, and that'll happen at Newport in early August. So I'm excited to discuss all I the draft I, I don't think that's going to happen in early August. I think it's going to be pushed back to, like, maybe Orlando PPA. Oh, uh, okay. It doesn't need to happen that soon, you know, because it's not till November. Uh-huh. Like, I think they want to get stuff in place first. Uh-huh. And Makes but sense. But anyway, yeah, it'll be fascinating because the the way they're doing the draft is let's say let's say I get the first pick, right? So uh, on the men's side, so I choose to I choose to take you, Ben. So I take Ben with my first pick. That means I also get the sixteenth pick for men's. So you get the you get one. Are, are they separating men's and women's? So you got to go met guy guy rather than like guy girl guy girl. Or you so can do the, it anyway. the way it goes is if if I take you first, I get the sixteenth men, and I get the eight and nine picks for the women. Oh, interesting. So I it, didn't know that. So actually. it'll be really interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, okay. So you could definitely see how that would be kind of funky. Like, it's not necessarily... like It's a snake draft with yeah. kind of a difference in that you get 8-9 and 1-16. That's very cool. Like, there's going to... I think it'd be fun to just do like a mock uh, draft. Yeah, mock and, draft. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to see how it shakes out. There's going to be some really fast... Like, you know, I heard some people talking about the underground event that we just had yesterday and they're like yeah you know we kind of wanted to see kind of new new partnerships yeah different people play together and, and that's what w- you're going to get in major league pickleball yeah it's i wouldn't say the underground was all that different from usual you had a yeah. couple standard matchups simone and lucy still played together for one matt and lucy still played together uh i still played with colin it's like yeah, we've seen a lot of these matches before not exactly the same but similar enough to where yeah. major league pickleball there's a diversity in enough different teams and they're small enough teams to where I I think you are going to see almost entirely new matchups. Absolutely. Uh, you're just too far away. Like, maybe your eight, nine women have played together. Maybe. Like, it's a small chance. But your one and 16 guy have never played together. Exactly. So you can pretty much guarantee that. Uh, so that's that's really interesting. So do you – remind me again, what's what's the format for, you know, singles, doubles, mixed doubles? What, what are we doing? I know we're doing games to 15. Yeah, games to 15 – I, 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 I kind of lean to, I wish it was a two out of three. Uh-huh. Like games to 15 are quick. Yeah, everyone kind is a little wary of games to 15. Yeah, because anything can happen, just a quick streak. But, uh, yeah, so I, I'm trying to think of the actual format. Uh, I think I don't think singles comes into play other than, like, a tiebreaker. Yeah, it's, a, it's only a tiebreaker. And then I also think you rotate as you play, yeah. right? But yeah, very interesting. So, yeah. Rotating. Let's hope makes, for some... Makes the draft even more Let's hope for some ties, right? So we get some... <laughs> yeah, because you, you, you at least want to have somebody that's playing a little singles. Yes. Like, a little bit. Otherwise, you're depending on not ever going to right. a tiebreaker. Uh, but yeah, I'm just excited about that because I love new matchups. I love drafts. Like, who doesn't love to watch drafts? Like, the NBA draft is not really the same because you're picking from a new pool of players. Whereas, like, the all-star draft, like, LeBron and Giannis, that's always fun to watch and see who they draft. And everyone knows all-star game isn't very serious, so they don't actually care too much about who they draft. But in a case like this, everyone knows the players. The players know each other pretty well. Uh, You know where they're at, and the draft is very important because you're playing for, you know, a good amount of money. Yep. Uh, and that's that's pretty cool about Major League Pickleball. I think the appearance fee is very, very cool. Yeah. 
Um, obviously, these owners are going to be investing a good amount of money to where the, the payout for the players is definitely good enough to come. But the cool part is it's more one of those things where you don't have to win to make more money than it's right, worth, right? right? More money uh, than it's worth to come. Uh, everyone's getting paid like a minimum of 3000 just to be there or something like that. Uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it's twenty one hundred. So you get three hundred bucks per match, and you mm-hmm. play seven matches. So twenty one hundred. But you also have the ability to, or the opportunity to teach as much as you want because they're going to have camps going on uh, throughout the week yeah, as well. So you'll have campers uh, playing themselves and then hopping over to watch matches, which is going to be really cool. The environment's just going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so pros can also teach as much as they want to make some additional money to make it more worth their time. So yeah, overall, I'm just very excited about it just because the different matchups the draft and most of all really just expanding the game because steve this is steve coon he's heading up major league pickleball same as dreamland and, and duper uh but you know he'll get celebrities and wealthy people into it that yeah you know getting more money in the game getting a lot more eyes on the game getting major tv all that stuff is once again i mean debatably the most important thing for the growth of the sport and there's some cool things that they're going to do with major league pickleball but before before i actually get to that I heard a rumor that somebody believes that they can beat you in singles. That's not a everyday pickleball player. You're talking about Ryan Cherry? No. Gosh, who is it? Marty Fish. Oh. <laughs> so I, I heard I heard that he thinks he's the best singles pickleball player in the world. <laughs> actually, actually, I don't know how I don't know how true that is, but th- that's what I heard. Nice. So how fun would it be to have a singles exhibition against Marty Fish? That'd be great. At Major League Pickleball. That'd be great. I think Steve can make it happen. I think he knows Marty, right? Yeah, I think so. And one of the team owners may or may not be friends with him as well. So I don't think we can get into the team owners, but it's it's pretty exciting stuff. It's going to bring a lot of eyeballs to the sport. Um, and I think a lot of new eyeballs, So, which which is what the sport needs. Uh, we talk about it all the time. That's fresh how eyeballs. Fresh eyes. <laughs> That's how the sport's going to grow. Uh, we, have to get, we have to get new eyes and more attention on the sport and... Uh, yeah, like, you know, the same, kind of the same thing with Duper that their, their value prop is that there's 4 million people in the country that play pickleball and there's only, you know, 80,000 USA pickleball members. So that, that vast majority is underserved Mm -hmm. and that's, that's who uh, we need to reach. I think Steve's got the the right idea. He's a a bright guy. Indeed he is. Um, oh yeah, but major league pickleball. So some, just some other cool stuff that's happening with it. So it's going to be an interesting format. We're going to have there's going to be one kind of championship court. So every single match is going to go through that championship court. Mm-hmm. Uh, the production quality is going to be insane. It's going to be uh, just imagine the highest Top quality. Boy. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be looking like it's on ESPN. So it'll be really really good. Um, they are going to have players mic'd up and teammates mic'd up. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> it'll it'll be extremely entertaining for the fans. You will hear me say fundamentally flawed. For <laughs> I guarantee it. <laughs> Hit it to his backhand. It's fundamentally flawed. And, and is it gonna is it mic'd up enough to where you're like the live fans are gonna hear us, or is it only the people that like does it go through the the camera and stuff like? So do you see it? Is I, it loud enough for everyone there to hear? I think they're working out no. So the answer is no. Dang it. But we're going to be... I wanted to have my opponent hear me say they're fundamentally flawed. <laughs> they'll, they'll have to watch it back <laughs> and just hear you just talking trash as, <laughs> as you're dinking. God, just backhand, backhand. Back, what is he doing? Backhand, <laughs> backhand. He knows he can't win this. <laughs> Unbelievable. Why is he still this is, doing this? This is where you want to go? Are you sure? <laughs> you want to reconsider this decision? I guess it depends how loud you talk, though. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be mic'd as in the fact like you're holding a mic, talking mm-hmm. loud with yeah. audio. Yeah. So okay. it'll just be mic to Makes where uh, the camera mm-hmm. will catch it. So it'll be it'll be really really good. Very unique entertainment. Yeah. So it's gonna be a fun event. That's Major League Pickleball. Um, yeah. So uh, just one last thing on that. So sixteen men, sixteen women is kind of the format. So two men, two two females uh, on each team. I'm going to predict that most people are going to, to value their females very highly. Like they're going to want the high picks in the female and on the girl side because with the guys, I think they're, they're think there's li- more they're disparity. A, there's a little, they're a little deeper. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when you get to 16, you're like, eh, he can compete. Right. Whereas you put 16 girl up against five girl. Yeah. I think there's a, a wider difference. A little. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's, that's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. I can't wait for some of the draft stuff to come out. It's going to yeah. be really, really interesting. Um, yeah, so so Major League Pickleball. Um, any other news events? 
Yeah, that's uh, it. Those were my main highlights. I think those are the three big ones. There's some other little stuff, but, you know, we're going to skip the little stuff. I like Don't it. sweat the little stuff. Uh, results real quick. Um, anything to note? Uh, San Clemente, my only thing to take away from it is that Annalie Waters is uh, back in singles. You know, I, I think she's yeah, played legit. singles and been good at singles for a long time, but I, I think this is her biggest result up to this point. Uh, and she looked incredible, really. Yeah. Uh, what I was a little interested in is, you know, she didn't really come to the net, which is nothing new in the on the lady side. Yeah. But what she did do that was a little different is when she was scrapping, she was like basically hitting these sharp cross court rolls from side to side over and over, and that's just incredible to me because it's it's a very difficult it's shot. A hard shot, yeah. And like it's a better play, obviously. You can close if you can close on the net off of it but with her it was just like i'm just gonna keep hitting this you yep. can't get it by me yeah so i'm gonna keep hitting it until i pass you and i was like interesting yeah uh and it worked for the first two games and then i think leia kind of figured out that annalee was kind of one-dimensional with that approach yeah. and then just kind of started runner and it, it's tough to maintain that high level of a shot over and over yeah. when you're getting more tired as the day goes along i'll tell you that that match i actually it made me really appreciate the best of five Yes. You know, so Annalie jumped up to 2 0, and then it was really good viewing from there. It was fantastic. I think the ladies' singles both times that it's happened best out of five. I mean, they went best out of five both times, so you could kind of see it exemplified. Yeah. But it was really cool just to see the adjustments made. Yeah. And Atlanta was back and forth, and San Clemente was a come from behind story. Um, and either way it goes, I think it's it's fantastic. It just feels a little more like tennis. There's more time to adjust. Yeah. I, I love that format personally. And when you get to that fifth game, like the tensions built, like there's been so much build up. <laughs> so much where it's build like, up. oh, who, like, don't it, lose this after all this work. Oh, it's, but it's just, it makes the view, it makes the viewing great. Like, I really mm -hmm. enjoyed it. Um, that was my only notable thing for San Clemente. Well, I San think. Clemente, I'll tell you, that venue was really, really First nice. class. It was like coming into it, um, I was like, this could probably be my favorite venue. At the end yeah. of it, I was like, no question. Yeah. It's my favorite venue. It was like, it was Lifetime at Atlanta, but more modern. And on like the coast. A, <laughs> in an area I like even more. It's like yeah. the coast of California. It's beautiful. It's perfect weather. The facility's amazing. And um, I'm just really happy that Lifetime and the PPA have, uh, you know, have formed a partnership because all of their facilities are fantastic. And yep. I think they're only expanding. Yeah. So if, if any of you guys listening... Uh, if there's any tournament that you know you'd really want to go to, I would I would highly suggest San going Clemente to San Clemente. PPA. It's it you know, first class, and it's not like nationals in that you gotta qualify and all that to play. Yeah. Like nationals is huge and it's an amazing tournament, but it's it's harder to play all the divisions you want to play. Whereas the PPA, I think you should be able to play everything. Yeah. Um, so I'd say yeah, first class venue. That that'd be my first recommendation for people to go to. Um, other results, uh, Newport. I think what's that. Uh, <laughs> 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 yep, only heard about it in hindsight. If you remember our last episode, we were talking about how that Newport tournament right after San Clemente had zero publicity and, like, no announcement. Like, nobody knew about it. No. Uh, and that was exemplified in the teams that were there, like, not taking away anything from the people that won. Like, the singles draw was very strong for uh, at least the guys. They yeah. had two, three, four there. Uh, girls, they had Leia winning it against Jill Braverman. So I'd say, I mean, not super deep there, yeah. uh, but the doubles was much more noticeable. It was like, I mean, I guess three guys teams that you would normally see in, in a higher class tournament at probably approximately four, eight, twelve, yeah, yeah, ish. Um, so ob obviously not a very high attended tournament, but uh, I know Tyson got a triple crown there, which still is well. At good least, he, in that at, least at least he qualified for nationals. <laughs> 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 Way to go. That's good stuff. Um, and he uh, actually, I was pretty impressed. The only part I really tuned into was the guy singles because I felt like that was the strongest field. Yeah. Um, and Tyson lost to Zane two and three in the semis, and then he double dipped. He beat Jay, and then he double dipped Zane, which I thought was incredible after a two and three loss. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to keep your head up after a loss that bad and still win. So that was pretty cool. Well, if, if Zane serves cruising, it's it's yeah, tough to get on top of it. He's uh, adapting, adding new stuff. Got, yeah, he's, got to he's, in this he's, game. He's serving backwards now. <laughs> you see that? He's serving uh, backwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to improve. Got to got to adapt. What do we? What, just on that note, because it's been a topic of people that I've talked to. Like mm -hmm. they're like, you know, what do you think about all the all the uh, innovation with serves? Yeah. Do you have thoughts on that? Um, I, I guess I do. Uh, just so coming from not just a tennis background, but a, a 
pretty strong table tennis background, their rules always appeal to me because I like deception up to a certain point where, you know, that's important. It's part of the game. It makes pickleball very cool. But what they took out of table tennis and kept deception was unreadable. So there were ways in table tennis to toss the ball out of your hand with spin already on the ball and from below the table, such as to hide the spin that's on it to where it's not that uh, it's like a skill of noticing what spin is on it. It is impossible to know what spin is on it. Uh, and that made the serve too good in table tennis. And the table tennis serve was already very good. So they're like, no, this definitely needs to stop. So they made it open palm with a, a certain height above the table, all that stuff, which the serve is still very good. Uh, but it's not nearly as good. And you can still use deception. You can still hide spin. And very high-level pros will make you look foolish by hiding their spin. But it's not impossible to read. There's sure. there's certain tells that'll that'll give it away. Whereas in pickleball, I think you're just seeing the expansion of, hey, I realized I could add more spin to this ball. And they're still trying to figure out how to hide it best. Like, how do you just say, okay, you don't know which way the ball is going to yeah. go. And that's the really important part because it's not about how much it jumps. It's about knowing which way it jumps. Because totally. if you guess the wrong way, it effectively doubles the distance it just it just went. It's like if you don't know, then you're going to see some aces. You're going to see a lot of service winners, which I I like big serves. I, th I think it's you know part of the game, but I don't like it to the point where you're having to guess. Yeah. When you put a random element to it, I don't really care about the skill that went into making your serve good. I just care that you're getting free points essentially randomly. Yeah. Uh, not not good for the game. So if it gets abused to that point of table tennis, uh, I think a open palm service should be. Yeah. In play. I think I, th I like that a lot. I didn't realize that table tennis went through basically the same thing. It feels like pickleball uh -huh. is going through. Mm -hmm. I yeah. thought it was always open palm. Mm -hmm. It's not. So. So there was a time where you could do crazy stuff. Yeah, so you could like hide it, hide it behind your body, basically. Yeah. So back in like I think it was only like the '90s. So there, there's one guy. Uh, his nickname is the Mozart of, of table tennis. It was Jan Ove Waldner. I'm not sure if I even pronounced that right. But he he was incredible. Like if you want to see a highlight reel of table tennis, he is my favorite guy to watch. Uh, but he just used to have this absolutely stupid serve where basically he'd like put his body in front of the ball. And not only was he hiding the spin, but uh, he could hide the direction too. So he would just randomly ace people. <laughs> it's Wild. just like that should not happen on oh. a on a whatever five foot, I mean, whatever the yeah. width of the table is. It's silly. <laughs> yeah, it's very silly. Uh, so you know, if we get to that point of abuse, I think we'll see something to adapt to it. Um, Do you think we're getting close? Uh, I think Morgan's is very good, very hard to read. Uh, I haven't had trouble reading Zane's yet. But, you know, it's always improving. So yeah. uh, anytime you're doing something new, it's going to be tough to read for a while. I, I think we will get there, yeah. if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a little detour from results. Uh, hey, that's what we do, though. We do We detours. do. We freestyle. We will detour wherever we want to go. This is our wonderland, and we'll go wherever <laughs> we want in it. Uh, other results, Beer City. You played Beer City. I didn't. Uh, yeah. I've been there a couple of years. I've always liked that tournament. Andrea runs a tight ship. It's It's very well run. It uh, was yeah, facility. it was it was fantastic in terms of the player experience. I thought she did a really really good job, like set up basically host housing for all the pros. Oh yeah, without us even she's, asking, she's all over it. Our host was amazing. Um, he, he provided a vehicle for us. It was just it was first class. Mm -hmm. Like they they did a really really great job. Yeah, and, and really hats off to directors like that. Like, yeah, it's like that's you have a lot on your plate. She's a full time attorney as well. Totally. Uh, she and played. She's wearing, yeah, she, she played. She played all the divisions and yeah. won two of them. I think. Yep. Uh, it's just like in arranging housing for everybody and oh, yeah. just having. Not just doing that, but having a lot of responsibility of if anything goes wrong, this is on you. Yep. Uh, even when it a lot of the time really shouldn't be. So just handling a lot of responsibility for basically altruistic reasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So directors, was, you do a great job. I was super impressed with just the Grand Rapids pickleball community too. Mm -hmm. Like they, like I, I just wonder like why other tour stops don't have kind of the attitude that they have in terms of like, this is their, this is their stop. Yes. You know, this is so their, this is their, their time to shine. It's hundred percent. So you have all the pros coming in and they, you know, they really welcomed us and like they were pumped yeah. to have us there. I think it's really important to have an atmosphere like that, not just like crowd wise, which is super important, but also just like welcoming pickleball community wise. And if you're not choosing a destination that doesn't have one of those communities, you are lacking something. You're yeah. lacking that local welcoming pride yeah. basically. Uh, so like Grand Rapids definitely, definitely has that. The one where I felt that most at the PPA was funnily enough, Red Rock, 
Red Rock, the crowd Absolutely. was just like That's they very were true. so into everything. Like it was the same kind of kind of feeling there, where there was a very clear amount of pride about their pickleball community. Absolutely, and you, the interesting thing, like on Red Rock, is that you had a lot of people coming to watch, like in the grandstands, mm -hmm. that weren't playing. Yeah, they were, which just is spectators. pretty rare, I think, at some of these tournaments. Absolutely. I think a lot of the times, people, you know, at center court or the championship court, are just people that play and they're just sitting down to watch. Right. Like these people came out in droves to just to watch. Just to watch. <laughs> it was cool. Which is uh, what we what we like to see more and more makes it even more of a real sport. So that was Beer City. Underground was yesterday, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and Share Bear put on a first class event. <laughs> <laughs> Share Bear, uh, yeah, Share Bear uh, always does. You know, he's very enthusiastic about pickleball. Ever well, <laughs> I met him, played with him in like 2017 for a couple months. Beat him in the singles. Then he retired from pickleball for two years after that because he couldn't he couldn't bear it. Uh, <laughs> did you see what I did there? I like that. And uh, and then he, he resurfaced and now he's very gung ho and into pickleball. Uh, funny guy, really really into it. And you know he, he played well. He he came up short in his two matches, but um, he tried hard. <laughs> I thought Sherbert played very well. Very well. He was patient. Made a lot of dinks. Not a lot of errors. It was good stuff. Um, and I love those team events. I, I love team events, like we yeah. were saying with the, like with the draft, with major oh, I was so I was commentating. Pairings, I was you commentating see. your match, um, and usually, just a note I made was usually in a tournament setting, you guys have a few matches to kind of get going. Right. You know, you uh, to come out of the gate first match and play play Ben and Ma I mean play Deckel and Matt. I mean that's not a typical first round. Yeah, for sure. You know, so. It's that that's that's the one challenge is you, you have gotta to heat up you, quick. you have to come in ready. And I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm what you might call a, a fast, fast starter. starter. <laughs> no, you're quick not. off the line. You're a great finisher. A sprinter. <laughs> you're a great finisher, just very weak <laughs> off the line. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Um okay. Upcoming Newport Beach is our next tournament. Got quite a bit of downtime in between that, which we'll get to later in the freestyle section. The Takea Showcase. Uh yeah, Newport Good venue, nice area, California. I think we're going to have some different pairings there. So uh, I'm actually playing with Matt Wright. So that's a throwback to last year of Newport. Uh, Colin is playing with Steve Deacon. Adam and Deckler together. Riley and Tyson are together. Pat and Jay are together. So that's more standard pairings. Are you with the, the cast, Cobb? I'm Cobb Rassity? I'm with Cobb Rassity. Very nice. Uh, so should be a good tournament. Hmm. Nothing too noteworthy there. Let's win. Yeah, it's a, it's a. I mean, they use that venue a lot just because mm -hmm. it's nice. It is. It's a good location. Yeah. It's just a great place. Yeah. Oh, it's time for our biggest section, our best section, our freestyle section. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, I was in Cleveland recently, and this is for your restaurant recommendations, everybody. If you want soup dumplings, Xiaolongbao, uh, go to LJ Shanghai. That place is legit. I uh, found it on Yelp because I'm a professional Yelper more than anything else. Um, and, they, yeah, they were really good. At and what point does Yelp not serve you, though? Because I wonder this sometimes. Like, with Yelp, you know exactly what you're walking into. You lose a little bit of the mystery. Yes, you're 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 going to know that you're going to have a good meal. Right. But sometimes I just like the freestyle and just show well, what, up. And what you can do there is you can have a Yelper, such as myself, yeah. and then it's a surprise for everybody else. Okay. And then you just have like a designated Yelper for different. So you're you're taking the you're taking one from the team, but yeah. you're not really because you actually really like. Yelping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and I mean, you can switch it around if somebody else wants to have that mystery. Just sure. like, all right, you're the designated <laughs> food person yes. for tonight. Yeah. So if you want a better food experience, you know, use Yelp. Make sure it's good. You'll go to someplace new, and most people will be uh, it'll be a mystery to them. Just another tip for having a meal. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it's one of the greatest parts of life, so why not enjoy it to its fullest? And one thing we did this morning, which I think should be instituted oh, at absolutely. most at most dinner tables or breakfast tables, or minimum tables, of one meal a day. Minimum, I think it should. Just I be think a, it should just be all. I think it should be a blanket let's rule. Let's explain why it should be all. A blackout meal. Blackout. Blackout. Not 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 meaning you're just crushing vodka. <laughs> Black blackout <laughs> meaning no technology at the table. So uh, this morning we went to a nice little breakfast spot, and we all agreed to leave our phones in the car. So we could actually, you know, talk to each other. And it was it was just lovely. It was really, really nice, high-quality breakfast. And what it makes, you know, I like efficiency, all right? And it makes the most sense to me because you are with all the people you're with at that time, whereas normally you're not always with them. 
And there's so much interim time between meals where you're by yourself or you have the freedom to check your phone and do your stuff and do what you need to do. Uh, but then we just, we, we waste that valuable time with other people and use our phone when we could be using it at a better time to better make use of that technology time. Uh, and I just feel like it's very inefficient. Um, it's great, whether it's with your family or, or your friends, to talk to them, and especially when you're all together. And it's just like a fun group setting. I think it, ma- it makes meals better. Uh, and there's better times for technology. 100%. So I think we're going to, as long as we remember it, and I'm not scatterbrained, so challenge we're going to we're gonna institute uh, just every meal is a blackout meal from now on. Yeah. It makes whenever, sense. We're never having a meal together. There's no phone. Correct. Done. Um, so challenge of the week, go do a blackout meal. Mm-hmm. You might just like it a lot. Uh, back to Cleveland, my favorite coffee ever. This was surprising. Stone fruit coffee had the best black coffee I've ever had. And my one stipulation with coffee more than anything else is no acidity. I don't like acidity in my coffee. Uh, Stone fruit was like woodsy flavor with no acidity at all. Uh, And that made it the best coffee I've ever had. I don't know what they did to it, but it was lovely. I'm looking it up. Yeah, rave reviews, rave reviews. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell you, the the best coffee I had, I don't know if it was because it was the coffee or if it was because, or if it was for the way it was prepared. Mm -hmm. I'm looking it up right now. But I think it's, I think it, so it was in Cusco, Peru. At this, got good coffee. at this really cool spot. It was um, downtown Cusco, like this second floor, had a little balcony. I was sitting on the balcony, just kind of overlooking the city, really beautiful. But the way they prepared the coffee was with a Japanese siphon. I like the sound of both of those words. So I'll show you. A I pi- love Japanese things. I'll show you a picture here. So it it looks almost like a hourglass, right? So mm-hmm. it, it kind of filters through different different areas. Siphon. Siphon. But look at that. Look at that. Wow. That so looks like go, a Thomas Edison yeah. machine. Go look up a Japanese siphon. It, uh, yeah, I think, I don't just, know if it's just a looking coffee. at that invention makes me want one. Yeah. Everybody should have that, right? Yama Cold Brew Tower. Yeah. 240 bucks. Pretty expensive for a... Uh, oh. That's what you pay for quality coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Worth it. So Worth Japanese it. siphon. Nice. Um, okay, everybody. Let's talk about polka dots. <laughs> or not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so remember that conversation we had with Jack where she's like wearing her polka dots dress and she's like, every guy likes polka dots. And we're like, have you surveyed, incorrect. have you surveyed anybody, <laughs> anybody, anybody at Ever. all? Cause your first two guys that you just talked to about it just said never no. again. No. Uh, you know no. what? And, and she's like, they're cute. I was like, yeah, sure. They can be cute in a kindergarten teacher kind of way. Yeah, like a 1950s. Outside of that, yeah. all I think of is like a circus, a clown. <laughs> yeah, clown. Exactly. That was, that was a f- like when I think polka dots, I think clown immediately. And if if you're a beautiful lady out there, you don't want to be associated as you a clown. do not. <laughs> so let's just avoid the polka dots. Let's, let's avoid the polka dots. Yeah. You look great in a lot of things. You don't see us with polka dots. We <laughs> know <laughs> you do not. <laughs> uh, all right, and on the the guys' clothing side, which could be girls as well, plaid. I really like plaid patterns, uh, yep. especially flannels. Uh, I mean, I we're not phases. in cold weather too often, but flannels yeah. are fun. They're cozy. Um, Very lumberjack There's There's a, a, a limit to that, though. You don't want to look like a full lumberjack yeah. necessarily, but pla- it, plaids this, and flannels are nice. With this beard I have going with on. With your Scottish beard, you oh, can you can pull off a lumberjack flannel. I would be flannel. crushing plaid right now. Crushing it. Yeah, I just go through. So I, I heard this quote one time. I think it was, uh, who's one of the like upcoming and no, he's not upcoming anymore he's like a big musician but he looks like a kid oh, who is he who is he who is he i can't remember but anyways like he he was doing this interview and he was just like yeah you know before i got famous and became like a rock star i would just wear you know plaid and flannel all the time and mm-hmm. that was my look and like when you see him now like he looks like a rock star you know mm-hmm. what i mean he's yeah, wearing like rock, leather rock, jacket out, yeah. like skinny jeans and stuff Classic. like that yeah. but he was like He's like, I know I look good, but I would never just choose this for myself. Like a yes. stylist tells me what to wear, and this is what I wear. Right. But uh, it's just interesting that somebody like you, I don't feel like I could pull like a leather jacket. I don't feel like I could pull that outfit off. Yeah. I feel like I'm more of a flannel and plaid guy. Agreed. But it makes me wonder if I had a stylist that just dressed me like a. If you have a stylist, I think they can make you pull off just about anything because they just know what goes what with what. I think the main thing about style is that it's not that something in particular looks bad on you. It's that you don't know how to use it appropriately. Yeah. It's you don't pair it with the right things or you don't wear it in the right situation. If you have the situation and you know what to do it with, I think just about anybody can pull it off just about anything. Yeah. Um, hot take. 
we just skipped to the hot take section right there. I like that. Um, I was going to ask you, Robert. I've never asked you this before. Do okay. you have a favorite quote other than just be better? Favorite quote? Yeah, I posted one on my Instagram the other day. It's, 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 I'm a lyrics guy. Mm-hmm. I'm big on lyrics. Like That's what connects me to music is lyrics. I can't clap to a freaking beat. Like <laughs> if I'm in like a this social is, setting, this is true. if I'm in a social setting and I see like, you know, people are clapping to a song or something, I literally have to watch other people clapping and I have to like try to match their, I have to try to match you their You can't beat. do it on sound alone. No. You got you to do it visually. That's like, it's probably my biggest flaw as a human oh, being. Oh, that's funny. Uh, so yeah, I'm a lyrics guy. Let me actually pull it up. It's uh, it's uh, it's from, I've got quite a lot of Counting Crows uh, lyrics that I love, but this one's from a long December and the quote is, or the lyrics are, I can't remember all the times I tried to tell myself to hold on to these moments as they pass. So, what's that mean to you? Say it again. I can't remember all the times I tried to tell myself to hold on to these moments as they pass. To me, that would mean, like, all the time, you know, there are valuable moments in life that you want to remember or appreciate. There's, like, so many good times in life where you're just, like, I got to remember this. This is, this is worthy of remembering, but things become a blur to us too often. It, it passes and then we do forget it eventually and we don't indulge in remembering enough. Yeah. And I guess that's why a lot of people keep a journal or uh, yeah something, you know, a diary, something like that. But it's just that there's too many good moments that we try to hold on to, but don't succeed. Yeah. And I think for me, it's typically just a rem- like whenever I hear that or see that, it's like a reminder to me of to actually be cognizant of certain moments in life that like may be really cool, but I don't appreciate it as much as I should in the moment. Mm-hmm. So it just it's a it's a gentle reminder for me to like like even right now doing this podcast on the on the patio, like you know. I was going to say a week from now we won't be doing this, but we'll be in Hawaii doing this. So <laughs> Even that's, better. That's a bad example. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just just little moments in life that might seem insignificant could actually be quite significant. Agreed. So Absolutely. Uh, what's your favorite quote? Um, I have one that really speaks to me and one that's kind of funny but also does. Uh, my more serious one is your greatest strengths are your greatest weaknesses. My dad told me that when I was very young, and I have never found it not to be true. Yeah. Uh, so it's just like, wow. Uh, a quote that's actually true always is pretty pretty useful. Yeah. Uh, and then my other one that I find kind of funny is, it's a silly hill. For pity's sake, don't die on it. <laughs> I like that, too. <laughs> it's just like people get all riled up and care about yeah, things they, they that put don't flag matter the enough. I'm going to die on this hill. Yeah, it's really? It's a silly hill. It's a stupid hill. Don't die on yeah. it. <laughs> So it goes along with our just like, gosh, just don't care about too much, all right? Just value the stuff that matters a lot. Um, How do you travel like you do, Robert? How do you how do you how do you travel in style? How do you travel easily and luxury, in in a premium way? How do I personally, or how how do people in general? Both. (laughs) So I see on this little list you have TSA PreCheck. So I've had I've had an Amex. American Express Platinum card for my business forever. And it gets you access to a lot of different things. Like you get basically TSA PreCheck slash global entry paid for. So it's covered, which saves you a great amount of time. I just have not, I've been too lazy to actually go get it. Because mm-hmm. don't you need it? You have to do an interview or something? Or uh, like it's it's a very short interview, but you do have to have an appointment and it's backed up in a lot of places. So you got to like know your schedule. And you have to drive time. to the airport, right? Uh, you can do it coming back into the country. Okay, so that's that's reasonable. So one that that saves you a lot of time. I wouldn't know because I don't have it. But when I see people flying through that line, I'm like that looks quite convenient. <laughs> it looks nice. But I do have Clear, mm-hmm. which Clear is clutch. Uh, clear. <laughs> God, you just want me to do that. <laughs> you guys know in the military, like in the movies, when the military guys go in the room and there's nobody in it, and they go Clear. I thought you were going to say video game. Like, you know in the video game, <laughs> you're playing a shooting game. And no, no, no. <laughs> so, clear, basically... We don't like lines. I, there's, okay, don't, I'll go Don't get you started right on, go, go off on lines a little bit. Uh, there's just no bigger waste of time on this planet. So, some people find lines endearing. They're like, oh, well, you can spend time together with the people you're with. No, I don't want to sit here waiting on stuff. Uh, so, the one of the worst... They call it cues mm-hmm. in Europe. Yes. So, and uh, we, Jack and I went to Wimbledon um, 
maybe a couple years ago, two, three years ago. And unless you buy like a luxury ticket package, package um, you have to basically queue up at the beginning of the day. And I see why some people like it. I'm talking like, I, I don't remember what time we got. There's some ungodly hour, like 5 a.m. or something stupid. Uh, but what well, I guess what people like about it is that you can queue up in line very early. And then you can actually, if, if you're one of the first ones to go in that day, you can actually go on center court and have good seats, mm -hmm. right? So it's kind of like that. It's yeah. not like you buy row B, seat 7. You queue. You queue. Um all I wanted it's to do, British. all I wanted to do, was just go in the grounds and watch some of the b outside courts, and I had to wait in line for that for hours, and I was not a fan. I would have, I would have paid quadruple the price to not wait in that <laughs> line. <laughs> Take note, Wimbledon, you're losing money on this. Yeah, well, I still did it because it's Wimbledon. <laughs> Brutal. So, lines. We don't like them. Clear, clear. TSA pre, -check. TSA pre global entry. They all help. Uh, Amex is nice because it also gives you access to lounges. Yes. I mean, when you're at an airport and you inevitably get there, you know, two hours before your flight, you get through security in 20 minutes. They're like, oh, what do I do for an hour and a half? Lounges. Yeah. They give you food. They give you snacks. They give you drinks. So, yeah. So a just... Comfy place with Wi-Fi. It's very nice. You guys should get Amex Platinum. It's it's a steep yearly charge, annual charge. It's maybe, I don't know, 500 bucks, 600 bucks. But you get you get $200 on your preferred airline credit, so mine's Delta, so I get $200, so that basically cuts that down almost in half. And then you get Uber credits, mm -hmm. you get lounge access, as TSA Benjamin pre said. for free. You get uh, Clear is also discounted, but yeah, TSA for free. Um, and there's a, there's a whole host of other things, but it basically cuts down the charge it, it to where it's the negligible. It's the traveler's card. Yeah. If you travel, it's way worth it. 5% back on airlines is like, already makes it back for me. Yeah. <sighs> I could talk about travel quite a while. Yeah, I mean, we do it enough. Um, you get priority pass, which gets you access to a bunch of lounges. Yeah, but not, not just the MX one. If you fly, if you fly Delta, um, and you have the Platinum card, I don't know if you know this. You can go to any Delta lounge yep. as long yep. as you're flying uh -huh. Delta. Yeah, yeah. So that's clutch, um, especially if you're in a Delta hub. Uh, what else, Robert? We're going to Hawaii. Yeah, we are. Speaking of travel, speaking <laughs> of lounges. <laughs> We're going to go to Hawaii in style. So our next term is Newport. But in between that, very shortly, we're going to have a week in Hawaii. We're, we're going to be podcasting in Hawaii. Yep. It's going to be a lot of fun. Going to Maui. Practice. Never been yes. to Maui. Been to the big island, just never yeah. Maui. Same. We can experience the new island together. So don't really have much to say about it. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> 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 Lieutenant Dan, ice cream. Jack's favorite movie. Did you know that? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Other than, uh, what is it, Sweet Home Alabama? I, yeah, that's up there for her, too. Yeah. It's up there for me. Sweet Home Those Alabama's two. good. Um, but, yeah, we're going to Hawaii. We'll uh, talk to you then from Hawaii. Uh, merchandise. Merch. Tell, tell, your, tell your merchandise story from yesterday. Oh, just had a, yeah, was chatting with a lovely gentleman, and he was like, you know what? If you guys ever consider doing merch, I would buy a fundamentally flawed shirt right now and not only would i buy one i would buy 10 of them <laughs> i was like huh maybe we should make maybe, a maybe we should make that shirt. happen for <laughs> the people the people need us the people need it i mean what a great shirt though fundamentally flawed it applies to so many situations so if you guys have ideas on other sayings from us that you want to see on shirts um let us know ours right now are our main two are fundamentally flawed and okay bye okay bye okay bye um, just be better is always good. We'll have a f just freestyle, obviously freestyle Obvious. boys podcast, uh, maybe a couple others, but yeah, suggest whatever you want. Uh, on to hot takes, Robert care enough to not care. Go yeah. on. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so back in my tennis tournament days, uh, as a junior, my parents would like laugh because me and my brother were such polar opposites. He would go, and he loved tennis, like loved it. OCD loved it. And he cared so much, and he was obviously way better than me. He cared so much. He trained so much. He, he wanted to do well and win so badly. Um, and that's, that's fantastic. And for work ethic, there's, not, there's no replacement for that. Uh, but they would laugh because my attitude about it was so different. Like, yeah, I mean, I practiced, but I didn't love it enough to train like him or anything. But when I went and played matches... 
it was so obvious that I did not care as much as the other guy. Yeah. And I would just like, I would hit out. I'd play really loose. I'd be like, I don't really care that much yeah. if I lose because I'm going to go out on my terms. I'm going to hit huge forehands. And if they go in, you're going to lose. Yeah. And if they go out, I'm going to lose. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. And with all of Colin's training and, and working hard and all that stuff, it's almost like he needed a little bit of dose of that along there's with pressure, it. There's right? Yeah, there's a ton of pressure. It's hard not to play tight when you care so much. Yeah. Um, and if you could just play loose all the time, that would be ideal, right? You don't play with nerves. You're just like, hey, I'm just going to go out there and swing away. Yeah. And those are the people you lose to sometimes. Those people that are just like, hey, I don't care, man. Yeah. I'm going to swing for the fences. And sometimes it's going to go in yeah. and you're going to lose because of that. And that annoys players so much because oh, yeah. they're just like, I care so much more than you. You don't deserve this win. You're not better than me. I've worked harder for this. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and that's so frustrating. But to me, it was like, you have to care enough to know that not caring can be a good thing. Very valuable. Very valuable. It takes pressure off yourself. It does. You play looser. It's, it's, it's a very fine balance. And, you yeah. know, I feel like I, I struck that in pickleball. I was like, I cared more than tennis. Like, yeah. I really, I like the game. I would say I do love the game. Uh, and it's obvious I do really, really want to win. I, yeah. that, that is my primary focus when I go out there. Uh, but I think coming from tennis and that whole background, I understand it's important not to care too much. Yeah. So that's care enough not to care. I like that a lot. I did not know where that was going to go when I just read that. I was like, care enough to not care. Huh. That's another quote that I like. I like that. Uh, that's just no, it's, for it's me, it's super valuable. It's so true, though. It's so true. I know I got like that in tennis because I, I feel like I was more like a Colin where I mm -hmm. maybe not the most you know, naturally talented, but I would, I would work, you know, work I, had a good, I had a good work ethic, but then you're right. Like when you put that much in that much work in, you're like, Oh man, I've, I've put so many hours. I can't lose. Yeah. And you play tight. It, you play tight. It's tough not to. And it's so admirable that you work so hard and put all that in, but it comes with its downsides for sure. Yeah. And I'm sure we've all experienced that to where we've lost to it from a tennis term, a tree. You just swing out and you lose to one. And you're like, God, <laughs> you didn't deserve this win. <laughs> you just treed. Yeah. <laughs> Do it again. Uh, okay. Hot takes. We're going to talk about our favorite bands. Okay. That's easy. Go. Counting Crows. Why? Uh, I, I just think Adam Duritz, who's the lead singer and the lyricist, is just really good with words. And I'm, a, wor I'm a words guy. You are a words guy. I like, I like lyrics. Um, I'll, I'll give you some more quotes, but what's your favorite band? Mine is Fleetwood Mac. Okay. Simply because, I, so I'm not that much of a words guy. I don't notice the lyrics too much. Yeah. So I, I couldn't even tell you very much about their lyrics. Well, Ben, when you can't clap to a beat, you've got to take something from music. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's rough, man. Um, yeah, Fleetwood Mac, I feel like they're my favorite simply because of their quantity of quality. Yep. Every single song they do, I'm just like, this is really good. They don't have my favorite song. Maybe maybe they have a couple top 10 songs. Yeah. But that's the important part. Every song they do is so high quality. I've never listened to a, a Fleetwood Mac song I don't like. So I'm always happy to listen to any song from them at any time. I think that's a good... Uh, I mean, there can be songs that you don't like from your favorite band necessarily. But I appreciate pretty much every single Counting Crows song. Mm -hmm. like I can that's take very some, important. I can take something from pretty much everything. Yeah. And yeah, there's not there's not too many bands you can say that. Mm -mm. There's some songs I just don't like, and it's 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 very hard for me to find a band that has that quality. If you want to if you want to dabble into the Counting Crows, just listen to their first their their first album, August and Everything After. Just just start to finish. It's just a masterpiece. Hmm. I don't think you've listened to that. I haven't. Yeah, you should. I've just gotten your favorite ones. Um. Oh, guys, I'm excited about this. We are introducing a new section to the Freestyle Boys podcast. Spicy stories. So we not, found not, not not like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> you don't like the title? Do you want to change it? No, I, I just, I, no, it's great. <laughs> spicy stories. Here we go. Okay. Well, spicy stories section is inspired by all the unique personalities and stories you find in pickleball. Uh, it just over the years I've not stockpiled, but when you ask what about good stories in pickleball, there's some ones that just spring to mind and it can be outrageous stuff. It can just be funny. It can be inside the scenes. It can just be from random pro experiences that most people wouldn't uh, know about. 
Uh, so it's definitely going to be random, as always. And not all of them are spicy, but I just like the ring of spicy stories. Um, and I'll, I'll give you an example. So uh, I'll have one. St- we'll, we'll do one one story per episode is, I think, pretty, pretty decent. Um, and we're going to stockpile them from now on just because I feel like a lot of these stories will get better with time. There might be some that are a little iffy right now <laughs> simply because they're usually about other people and they might not take it in the best way. So I think we got to let a couple of these marinate a little bit. So I'm going to start off with a, a pretty innocent one. This is kind of cool. Uh, so TOC of 2019. Uh, going into it, I was partnered with Christine McGrath and Jesse Irvine was partnered with Zane Affleck. Um, a bit before the tournament, I'd say a month out, um, I asked Jesse and Zane if they would be okay switching because me and Christine were okay switching. So I was like, Hey, I'll play with Jesse. Zane, you can play with Christine. Zane had played with Christine before. I had not played with Jesse before. Uh, they both said, cool. Yeah. Sounds good to us. So we pulled a switcheroo very late. Uh, but because of that, we did not get a spot in the main draw. <laughs> Me and Jesse had to play qualifying. So Christine and Zane had the, the main draw spot. And TOC, for the first time, instituted a qualifying draw where they're like, hey, you got to make it to the finals of qualifying to get into the main draw. What was that based on, though? Like, obviously not ranking or Right. Rating. So, I mean, they had, it was kind of willy-nilly. They just had a, a limit to the number of teams in the main draw. And they're just like, these are the ones that have signed up. We'll let in the obvious ones that are like, hey, you didn't sign up in time, but you're we know you're good it was kind of a subjective are they, are they still doing that uh i'm not sure how toc is doing it now. i think there's more of a structure to it it's more okay. nationals like i like qualifying but i, I, think I, it I like qualifying based on ranking or rating or something yeah i haven't been back to toc since 2019 so i'm not sure how they're going to do it now uh but it was just funny because they didn't actually have the room like they had to have the qualifying and they're like well ben and jesse we know you're you know you should be in the draw but you got to play qualifying just to make it fair to everybody else we're like cool so I play singles on Wednesday, and after singles, I play the mixed qualifying draw with Jesse. Wow. And uh, it, it was just a funny day because we, we were both there just like, cool, we get some practice together. <laughs> this is our first time playing together. Let's figure this this out. And, uh, I mean, we basically cruised through most of the, the qualifying draw. Uh, but I just thought it was funny because maybe a lot of people didn't actually know that is, one, we had to qualify, <laughs> which That's was wild. funny because we ended up winning it. Uh, but also, it was a switcheroo. It was a last-minute thing that we actually became partners. Um, so, you know, very fortuitous, I you think, for both of us. Is it fair to say that you're the only you're the only team that battled through qualies to win <laughs> a major? By virtue <laughs> of that being the only time we've ever had qualifying, <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, so that is my spicy story. That was uh, brought to mind just by seeing Jesse yesterday. Uh, she was reminiscing with with Ryan actually with that story. She was like, she told Ryan the story oh, about nice. how that happened, and I was like, oh yeah, that was so funny. So I thought it'd be a, a good one to to bring up. Actually, she she was also <laughs> talking about Ryan. Pickleball is a simple game. When the ball is above the level of the net, you hit it hard, <laughs> really hard. That's true. And when the ball is below the level of the net, you dink it. And she's like, that's what Ben told me in mixed doubles, and it's never failed me. I was like, I forgot I said that, but that uh, sounds right. That's such good advice. <laughs> it's a simple game. It's very simple, and uh, I think Ryan Sherry needed to hear that, and it, and it worked like a charm. I was hoping a little spicier. There's definitely much more spicy. We had to start off in mild and like build up like one of those wing challenges where we get spicier yeah. and spicier. I'll give you a random weird spicy story from t- from my <laughs> college tennis days. Okay, bonus. Bonus bonus content. Um, yeah, if you have kids in the car, you might want to earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> earmuffs. Uh, <laughs> this is just so random. Like I was so I was playing um, for Samford University. I played my freshman. My freshman year at Sanford University in Birmingham, we were playing crosstown Wait, rival. I, I have a quick question. Yep. The first time you uh, had a date with Jack, his oh, lovely yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah. Did she, she think you went to Stanford instead of Sanford? Yeah, common mistake. <laughs> I, I might say it really fast on purpose sometimes. Yeah, I'm Stanford. Like, Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Stanford. <laughs> Just kind of mumble it a little bit. Uh, yeah, Gloss over it. Yeah, okay, it's back worked. to the story. Yeah, it's worked. Yeah, I mean, Birmingham's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we were playing Crosstown Rival UAB, University of Alabama at Birmingham, and we were playing at their place, and I was, I don't know why, but we, we had a very chippy match. Uh, I thought the guy hooked me. He thought uh, He thought I hooked him. And basically, we got to the end of the match, 
I actually don't even remember who won. I'd like to think I did. I don't know, though. But he comes up to me. I'm sitting on the bench. You know, my, my coach is behind me. Mm-hmm. And he, this guy, I think he's from Macedonia, he's East, Eastern Europe, I think. So he comes up to me. And like, we've just been jawing the whole time, just mm-hmm. like nonstop. Back and forth. He Classic comes up tennis. to me. I don't even know what he's saying because like, his accent's so strong. I don't, I don't even think he knows English very well. But he's saying a bunch of nonsense. And he pulls down his pants. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And helicopters. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Helicopters me. Like, not helicopter. He like, doesn't, like, touch me with it, but he, like, gets in front of my face and, like, helicopters. Uh-huh. I'm like, what is what happening? Are, <laughs> you're like, what do I do now? I was, I was just shocked. I was do like, I just stare? Do I punch him? It just, what is the play here? It was so unexpected. That's the last thing I <laughs> thought he was going to do. I did not think he was going to pull out a helicopter. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just so shocked. And I, sometimes I'll just be living my life, and I'll just randomly think about that, and I'll just be like, what in the world happened that day? <laughs> <laughs> this guy helicoptered me. Oh, that is a wonderful story, Robert. Yeah, thank glad. you, thank you for gracing us with that. I just wanted to spice it up a little bit. <laughs> just, just a tad bit. <laughs> That's fantastic. What else we got? <sighs> well, you know, you know the time. Oh, we're right at one hour. Questions. Oh. Questions <laughs> of the week. Questions. <laughs> I cannot not laugh when you do that because the way you like look at me when, when you say that, I'm just I, like, oh, God, <laughs> this guy's ridiculous. It's almost as bad as the jingle. Just embrace the, the ridiculosity. Ridiculosity. Um, okay. Questions from Todd. Uh, Todd says, I'm a slow starter no matter what I do. I warm up, uh, mental preparation. I practice a lot, but I end up in a hole to start matches very often. Any thoughts about what I can do about this? Well, Todd, as we discussed earlier this episode, I may be considered a very slow starter as well. <laughs> so you guys have a long I might not be the best guy to give you advice about this. Uh, the the best I've ever felt coming into a match um, early is usually when I have energy. For me, it's about energy. It's not really about much else. That's not strategic. It's not strokes or just being cold. It's just about you know making sure I'm not low energy. Like I got to be moving. If I'm not moving, I'm that not going to play well. Yeah, that's what I was saying. The when I was commentating with Scott yesterday, watching you guys, like you know. The reason you don't start off super slow in singles sometimes is because you're moving your feet. Mm-hmm. Doubles, you can get away with not moving your feet. Correct. So, yeah, like you early in the day needed to focus on moving your feet. Correct. <laughs> so that's, that's actually a good like good way to build energy as well, mm-hmm. right? Just to consciously, um, like it was same in tennis for me. It was like if, I, if my feet are moving well, I'm going to play well. Mm-hmm. If they're not, I'm going to be out of position. I'm not going to play very well. Funny quote from Colin. Um, when we'd play tennis together, he'd always, he'd say this more than anything else. He just said, Bending your knees, he referred to it as magic. He's like, if I if I was playing bad, he's like, magic. I'm like, oh yeah, bend my knees. That's a good one. <laughs> bend I my knees and move my feet. Yeah, that's simple magic. Game. Simple game, easy. Um, also from Todd, he says that he has listened to all our episodes chronologically, even though he did not start with us from the beginning. Uh, and he enjoyed that way of listening. So I guess for all you other listeners, if you haven't listened to previous ones or haven't done it in chronological order, we might recommend that just because you can kind of catch up on all the references and enjoy things a little more. Uh, He also gave us quite the compliment. He said, we have a good engaging style, funny and straight shooting all the time. And if you ramble on a non-pickable topic, (laughs) which we've been known to do, uh, he's happy to go along for the ride. Uh, it's great to hear stories as seen from the professional side of things, from the top players like you guys to the guy trying to make it right there. Uh, so thank oh, you for that, yeah, Todd. Oh, he Todd. Uh, forgot to add, also great looking. You know, even without the video, he just knows from our voices yeah, that we're great looking. Uh, that goes without saying. goes without saying. I mean, thank you for saying it, but you didn't need to. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Todd. We appreciate that. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. Um, anything else, Robert? I'd like you to read that to me one more time, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, this is great. Highlight, you're funny, straight shooting, and yeah. good looking. I love it. <laughs> I love it. You know what? Actually, we, we haven't done too many asks of the audience. You know what would actually be beneficial to us? Hmm. I mean, I guess we should try to like 
grow this thing a little bit, right? Like, you know, the more people not that, just talk to each other the, on a headset the, the over more, and over. The more, the more people that listen to it, it's it's going to help the game of pickleball. <laughs> what, what are, where are you going? This gave me a funny image. I'm just like, we're just a couple of idiots with headsets on, just talking to each other. Just imagine if our we would do the exact same thing if we just wore these headsets like a couple of children and this thing wasn't even on. Oh, yeah. Like, it was same. just not even connected to anything. We just put on headsets <laughs> for, for fun, just like a couple of five-year-olds that just pretending true. to be air traffic controllers or something. <laughs> it's like, hey, pickleball! It's That's what we are. <laughs> Absolutely. This conversation is no different than any other conversation we have. Agreed. Uh, oh, the ask. <laughs> the ask. I forgot about the ask. Yeah, so if you wouldn't mind, I think it's more beneficial on Apple if you listen to Apple Podcasts or if you listen to Spotify. I don't know if you can actually rate and review on Spotify, but if you can, it would be very nice of you and kind of you to to give us a nice rating if you enjoy A rave review. A rave review. And then, yeah, like write something out would be awesome too because I think that helps us... Uh, show up more? Show up more. I don't know. We're, we're, we're pretty... We care, but we don't we're care. Pretty, we're pretty vague on, we know, podcasting other than the post button. <laughs> yeah, so we literally just have this little Zoom H6 recorder. I know how to plug everything in, and I know how to hit the, the record button, and I know how to hit stop. And then I basically take that little thing, put it in the computer, and then press publish. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's awesome. I love when we did that thing with Randall. Oh. <laughs> and, we're, and he's like, well, so we're going to edit all this, right? And then we're like, no, the only button we know is post. Yeah, I don't know what don't, don't know what that means. Because the guy is like he has a professional podcast where he just edits left and right, uh, and he's just like, "Whoa, this is the wild west of podcasting." <laughs> you just go with whatever you say, I guess. Well, luckily we don't need an intro because you have that covered. For I do. Us. We, don't, we don't need a recording. I'm the same every time. Do we have anything else? I don't think so. so yeah. So yeah. So rate and review us. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs>